The following is a Toddcast Podcast Network presentation and is intended for mature audiences only. Now it's time for Pope and Todd's Traveling Circus. Take it away, fuckers. <laughs> yeah, the fuck word. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Pope and Todd's Traveling Circus. Named as of five minutes, not even five minutes ago. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, we got on the thing to start the podcast, and I'm like, what should we call it? And Pope's like, I know. And here we are. I know. Just hire me to stand by the water cooler. I have good ideas. But that's about all I'm good for. <laughs> I mean, I think you're pretty good for other things too, but that's just, you know. Well, we don't need to talk about my blowjob skills this early in the podcast. <laughs> By the way, know. if your kids are listening, don't stop. Yes. We're going to st- right there. That should have set the tone, folks. So, if if the beginning of the show where the little voice said this was TV was mature audiences only, and that there's going to be language and stuff. Didn't let cue you in on how this show's going to go. Right there, it should have set the tone for you. Already joking about blowjobs. You know me. I got to keep my brand on. <laughs> anyway, uh, so my name is Todd Gilbert. And uh, uh, over here we have. Hi, I'm Pope, and I'm an alcoholic. Wait, wrong place. Shit. <laughs> Old Chris Farley bit. I got to give credit there. Damn. <laughs> my good buddy pope brandon brownson and uh we just thought it'd be fun to do a podcast where we just talk about whatever the hell is on our mind this week and now that i see how empty your room is i'm convinced that this isn't an intervention so i'm into it yeah i'm the only one well yeah yeah it's lonely well we got the phone well you know yeah yeah you know it's <laughs> But uh, I thought we'd start out just telling people, you know, where we came from, how we met, you know, like where the friendship nice. brewed from, you know. Um, it, was, it was 1942, and I was but a homunculus. I wasn't even born yet, so how is that possible? Time travel's like a, fucked up, man. Met in like an alternate universe. Time travel's fucked up, and so is cocaine. Never <laughs> should the two be combined. <laughs> Learn that the hard way in the 40s. Wait, do you have a DeLorean then? Uh, no, hot tub. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we met back in, uh, what, 2015? Yup, 2015. Yeah. If memory serves me, we debuted in together Michigan Wrestling Organization uh, pretty much at the same time. It was yeah, your, uh, your, first, your first gig. For the MWO, which was uh, based out of Flint, uh, just recently closed its doors, uh, RIP. Um, Dicks out for the MWO. What? Dicks out for the MWO. Oh, yeah. Well, thank uh, thankfully you can only see me from the waist up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully uh, you can only see me from the waist down. That's how we are, folks. Uh, <laughs> we started <laughs> with, uh, you were a ring announcer, and yep. your first gig was my first night uh, debuting in the MWO. So your first day was introducing me on my first day. Yeah, I believe that that actually was like my very first official assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was uh, announcing you. I actually had not thought about that until just now. That's funny. Isn't that crazy. It's fucking nuts, man. I went. I went to the MWO originally to promote DDP Yoga not even thinking about being a pro wrestler and you know got the itch as it were because uh pope share well well uh he he did this as well as a youngster uh we each had our own little backyard feds when we were kids you know where we you know wrestled in the backyard and pretended like we knew what we were doing oh man i can take it a step further uh not to name drop right away but I grew up with Backwoods Bam and uh, Jeremiah J. Hughes, and old Bammer had a ring built in his backyard. Really? Yeah, we had like this, like tiny, tiny, tiny fucking ring. Like this thing could not have been any more than like twelve by twelve, but like 
the the canvas was carpeting. That sucked. <laughs> I learned to wrestle in long sleeves pretty quickly. Um, oh, rug burn. Oh, my God. Like, we didn't even have garden rope. That would have been, like, sturdier than what we actually had. What but Oh, man, I could not. T- I think it was some kind of, like, auto hosing. Oh, God. Or some shit like that. Like, oh, my God. Uh, Bam and probably even JJ would probably remember better than me. Like mm-hmm. they were there when it was built. I just showed up one day and was like, "Oh, cool! Oh God, Bam's about to wreck my shit." <laughs> yeah, for me, we were a bunch of theater kids, and we had gone to this theater conference in high school um, where they taught like you know improv and things like that. And one of the classes was stage fighting. And me and my best friend, Adam Withers, and Randy Hampton uh, all went to the stage fighting class. And when we got done, we're like, you know, I bet we could turn this into pro wrestling. It can't be that much different. It's pro wrestling be would be a similar. lot better with sword fights. So I see where the transition is. Right. Well, we learned how to, like, throw punches without punching each other and, you know, all that kind right. of stuff for, you know. So, <laughs> but we weren't really like hip to how wrestling worked yet. We were, we were super fans, but it was before the internet, you know? So there wasn't all the dirt sheets, you know, pulling back the curtain to show how wrestling really works. It was still kind of that secret society that you had to, you know? So we thought that the fights were fake until it came to the ending. And so like we thought like, whoever tapped out for real was the one that won that lost. I mean, so like, I remember my very first time we did it. Uh, my buddy put me in the sharpshooter for real. Oh yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty miserable. Uh, uh yeah, that <laughs> might be part of my back problems. I'm not sure, but, um, I'm happy you made the joke. Cause that <laughs> felt bad, <laughs> but then we learned everything was predetermined after that. Thank God. And, um, <laughs> but our school had this, um, had a theater with an orchestra pit. Yeah. And dur- at, during theater rehearsals or before or after, we would have matches in the orchestra pit. Like it was our, like a cage, you know? So we were throwing each That's other into the awesome. brick wall it's around the pit and everything. <laughs> but then uh, as time went on, we built a ring in my next door neighbor, Dustin Peterson's backyard he was my childhood best friend growing up. And what we did is we took four, uh, like, two-by-fours almost. Well, no, I think they were, like, four-by-four. Four. Like, they were they were thicker. And we had a post hole digger, and we put the four posts in the grass. And then we put bungee cord around the thing and fastened uh, it as our ropes. Fuck, that would have been way smarter than what we did. Well, it was smart until um, Dustin tried to go up on the top rope and, well, it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. The and, stories I could tell, but I won't publicly, <laughs> at least not until episode four. Oh, I'm writing that down. Episode four is when we're getting into that. Episode but, uh, four, that's the ban burial. Oh, no. But we, uh, <laughs> and the can, our canvas was just the grass. So you ain't lived. Uh, you also have better canvas than us. Yeah. So you ain't lived until, until you took a pedigree from someone like two feet shorter than you, and your nose actually hits the ground. Apparently, okay. I've lived. Oh, not okay. to keep bringing them back up, <laughs> but. <laughs> well, thankfully, Bam actually learned how to wrestle after that, though. So. Yeah, I'm still goes. not convinced that he knows that the endings are predetermined. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell him. Nah. Makes it more fun. <laughs> I've seen a Bam Grizzly match. He's doing just fine. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, you know, we did that for a long time. And then I thought that would be it because, you know, being someone who's, uh, I was born with a disability with muscular dystrophy. I, I thought, you know, ain't, ain't nobody gonna, you know, have a dude like that in a ring. That's just, you know, liability city, you know? Right. Right. Um, but after the DDP yoga thing and I got in such good shape and I felt so good, I was like, man, maybe I can give this a try. I'd seen people like Zach Gowan and Greg Iron, who are both people that are handicapped and have amazing careers. 
Oh yeah. And I, and when I went to MWO and did the DDP yoga thing, I'm like, man, maybe I can do this, you know. And shout out to Jason and Jeff. Uh, Jason and Jeff Klaus both um, were very receptive to it. They, you know, I I pitched it wincing as I pitched it. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. What would you think about me doing this? And and right away they were like, hell yeah. Like if they, I got they could see how much I really cared, and right. what a big fan I was. So they're like, "Yeah, man, we can give it a shot," you know. And I got to learn from some great people along the way. Um, oh yeah! But that's how uh, you and I met. Was you know they told me to come on in, and I came on in, and there you were. Um, if I remember right, you were wearing, uh, you were dressed in uh, in in suspenders and uh, like all, all like dressy, but you had this. Um, a big scarf type deal. Yep. I think it was a tie-dye scarf, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right for the time. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to know that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Look at that guy. He walked in here looking like a gimmick. Right? <laughs> so actually, I think that was like the biggest hurdle I had to face initially. It was just convincing people like... No, no, this is just how I am. <laughs> I wish I could turn this off. <laughs> no, you don't. Let's be real. Come on. Oh, there's times where I knew. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's times where I just want to fucking grocery shop without having some decrepit old lady looking at me like I'm what's wrong with America. <laughs> Sir, we are both what's wrong with America anyway. I mean, like, uh, fuck, you already brought Jeff up. Like, he, uh, and he's, he admitted this to me. Uh, he straight up did not like me for the first year that he knew me because he thought I was a gimmick. Oh. And then, uh, I feel like once he found out, like, oh, no, this is just who he is. Mm -hmm. Like, after that, it's like, that's when I felt like all the pieces started to fall in. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm in. For those who don't know, uh, Jeff, who we're speaking of, Jeff Klaus was the owner of the MWO, uh, Jason Klaus. It was his brother. Um, he was a very, a very colorful, fun, like very, very, very much unashamedly himself. You know what I mean? Um, oh, rough yeah. Around, rough around the edges in all the best ways, if that makes sense. But he was, when I met Jason too, it was the same way. Jeff was kind of, like he was standing behind Jason, like almost like he was Jason's muscle, which is hilarious because Jason's a lot bigger than Jeff is. But but Jeff had had this way of just looking like intimidating as hell. And he just stood there. Oh, like, God, yeah. Like staring at me while Jason and I are talking. And I'm like, oh, I don't think this guy likes me. <laughs> and like it took about four or five shows for Jeff to finally like start talking to me. But once he did and we got to know each other, we became, you know, best of friends. Um, oh, yeah. Sadly, he's not with us anymore. Um, crazy to think it's going to be two years next month. He's been gone for two years. <sighs> Time flies when the world is falling apart. <laughs> That's the best way I've heard that put all day. <laughs> So, yeah, um, so from wrestling, you and I got to know each other and um, started hanging out a lot outside of wrestling, um, hanging out with, like, our buddies Cody and Bill and, and all that, and uh, <clears throat> doing things like playing D&D &D together and playing video games. And I actually don't think we have played D&D &D together haven't? yet, but I have always, like, I wanted to make a point I could have sworn we, we didn't. We, oh, we had talked about it. We've never done it, though. And we have discussed it heavily, but uh, anytime that other people got involved in the conversation, I, knowing that I was going to get stuck DMing because that's just who I am as a human being, was like, eh, maybe I don't want to DM for that person. That person seems <laughs> like they're going to be a thorn in my side. <laughs> DMing is rough, man. Uh, oh god! I, I DM'd a game a little while ago, and while it's it's fun, but like I've got so much shit going all the time that I have a hard time like putting days aside to like really write a game. You know what I mean? Like I would love to find a game to just sit down and 
play with people? Um, Maybe we- I actually have the perfect suggestion for Uh-oh. you. Uh, so there is a tabletop system out there called Powered by the Apocalypse. Are you familiar? No, no. So uh, the great thing about this system is that they have a game out for everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. <clears throat> they have a superhero game. They have a Scooby-Doo Monster of the Week game. <laughs> they have a haunted theme park game. Oh they have God. a vampire romance game. <laughs> they have a 1930s bootlegging game. What? They have a GTA-esque game. Is they it, have a it's game. All the same like system for every one of them? Not only is it all the same system, it is the simplest system I have ever seen in my life, Todd Tholomew. And it, what's it called? Powered by the Apocalypse. Powered by the Apocalypse. Everything is 2D6 plus or minus basic kindergarten math. No. I have never had to add anything higher than like four. Or subtract anything lower than four. As musicians, as we both are, that is a gift. Because most musicians count above four, you know. Drummers can get up to 16, but that's that's pushing it. <laughs> I mean, I make electronic dance music. I'm just thankful I can count. Right. <laughs> Powered by the apocalypse. I'm going to check that out. Maybe we'll have to like host a game sometime as an episode. That'd be a blast. Oh, man. Hey, I'm already on one playcast. Why not make it two? I've never done something like that. That could be a fun thing to do. That's what I love. Um, you know, and what, what the theme of our show is going to be is there isn't one, you know, it's just, the theme is hope and Todd talking about shit. The theme's made up and the points don't matter. This is whose line is it anyway? Is that what it is? I mean, if you squint while drunk, I kind of look like Drew Carey. Sweet dibs on Ryan styles. (laughs) I don't think you have the shoes for Ryan. That's true. I bet our buddy Funny Man could be a Colin Mockery. Oh, definitely. See, I've got you packed more for Wayne Brady. Wow. I'm, I'm not nearly black enough. No, but you sing. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. If any, and Wayne was. <laughs> yes, my notorious black friend, Todd Gilbert. <laughs> Funny story. Um, relate yeah i know Uh, okay (laughs) let's see where this segue is going (laughs) um there was a time when i was in a band and And i was black well the our drummer was (laughs) um very good friend of mine named tim freeman he's he's an amazing drummer taught me so much he's an incredible musician played in my live band for a while um but me and him and my buddy travis uh travis libby who's uh white like myself uh, we were playing this gig, and I want to say it was at a place that was called Outer Limits out in, uh, was it Otisville or Ortonville? One of those Otis. O- yeah, whatever. that sounds like the Outer Limits. Right. And uh, we got done with the set, and we're sitting at the bar, and Tim walks up to me and Travis, and he goes, you know, I think we're the only three black people in this whole place. <laughs> Because of our musical stylings and our our ability to fall into the groove and jam together, Tim made Travis and I honorary black guys. (laughs) You got to give that card back at the end of the night, but enjoy it while you got it. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. (laughs) But I, as a musician, as dumb and weird as this sounds, I took that as the highest compliment. I get that. I was like, man, all right. (laughs) It's all right. Guess I was in the pocket. Right? So, yeah. Wait, no, he was the drummer. I guess he'd have been in the pocket. Right. But for one day, I was an honorary black man. The great day it was. It really was. was for one day. beautiful night, racism in America was over. Right. Well, at least in the outer limits. It was still going in America, but in that bar. You know. In that bar, my God, there were Taiwanese and Vietnamese children hugging. There were. <laughs> Ukrainian shaking hands. Oof. I think I saw a dude from Zimbabwe bang someone from Colombia. Wow. That's uh, 
You all think that the outer limits is wild. <laughs> Go to the men's bathroom at the outer limits. Who? Ah. Now that's where the limits are truly outer. <laughs> or they don't exist at all. Oh, no, no, no. That's the bar down the road. You don't want to go oh. to that one. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, racism is alive and well. <laughs> Especially if it's Otisville. Wait, no, I'm thinking of Ortonville. Yeah. God, those two are so easy to mix up. Right. I wonder if Ortonville was named after Cowboy Bob Orton. Um, no, come on, man. Ortonville's an old place. That would have been Cowboy named Bob after Cowboy. That would that would have been named after Bob Orton Senior. Ah, yes. Pre-armcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pre a lot of shit. <laughs> I don't think he was doing a whole lot of sentons in his day. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God, dude! I saw the most fucking galaxy brain take on Twitter. Speaking of professional wrestling, okay. uh, if you're not into professional wrestling, just click off now. That's like the common link between me and Todd. That or at music. Least go, go to the bathroom for a few minutes while we, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I follow this page called Wrestle Cringe mostly because I find it really useful to like see this guy's posts and then just go ahead and block those people so I never have to see them on my timeline. Whenever I don't, I always regret it because they fucking pop up. (laughs) The Twitter algorithm is the absolute worst. It's like, oh, you like AEW? Here's 50 tweets of people shitting all over AEW. But anyways, I digress. I love AEW. This one guy was going on about all these shitty workers who can't tell a story. You know, workers like the great Muda, Stan Hansen, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, Aja Kong, Manami Toyota. And someone responds with like, look, just because they didn't work in promo heavy companies doesn't mean they didn't know how to tell a story. Right. Now, up until this point, I was upset but I wasn't ready to block. And Mm. then I saw this fucking moron's response. Okay. All they did was a bunch of flippy bullshit. Stan Hansen, notorious for inventing the 450 splash in the same match (laughs) that Ricky Steamboat happened to have vented the corkscrew fuck driver. (laughs) Because you know how many Canadian destroyers Ric Flair has done in his career. Oh, God, yeah. Rick Flair's the biggest spot monkey out there. What the hell? What is wrong with people? Yeah, you remember Aja Kong shooting star press? No, neither the fuck do I. Or he. He doesn't even. Aja Kong's a chick. Well, oh, sorry. Sorry. Now, Aja Kong's the big old beefy. From- oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. one of like the old school like Joshi murder hosses. My 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 apologies to Aja Kong. I was not familiar with what her name was. Uh it's okay. I'd be surprised if she's listening. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if she oh. is, hey Aja, hit me up. Oh. Not for any like weird stuff. I just respect the shit out of you and would love to have a conversation with you. Hell yeah. I'm Ace as fuck, so. Hey, whatever. Um on the, speaking of wrestling, though, I'm... Son of a bitch, that scared me. Sorry, I've got a pot roast in the oven that needs another hour. Oh, isn't that nice? Fuck uh, me, teriyaki style. I had just long enough to forget about that. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but speaking of wrestling, though, I'm pretty pumped for WrestleMania. <sighs> Honestly, I... I'm I want to be, but they... I'm not. I'll let you go first. I'm not pumped for all of it. Let's put that out there. Um, at the time that this episode uh, is coming out, which we're going to say Friday because that's fun. Um, the the WrestleMania card, WrestleMania is this weekend. Uh, two day event, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and there's a couple things I'm excited for, and a lot that I'm not. Um, I'm really excited for the Steve Austin Kevin Owens bit. That should be fun. I love Kevin Owens. I think he is an incredible talent and one of the best on the microphone currently in the WWE. Oh, hard to agree. Yeah, and and an amazing worker in the ring. Steve Austin, who is just as great as Kevin Owens, while he was back in his heyday, um, still fantastic on the microphone. And from what I've been seeing from uh, Dallas, DDP has been posting... Steve Austin has gotten into ring shape circa mid-90s. 
Like wow. apparently, apparently, uh, Vince McMahon gave Austin a ring at his house, and Austin's been training and getting in shape, like he's coming back to wrestle. <clears throat> they haven't officially called it a match. Uh, they haven't officially called it anything. Uh, in Austin's promo, he was even like, "Well, call it a match, call it a segment, call it whatever you want." Uh, but he's coming to whoop some ass, you know. So I'm lo- I'm looking forward to that. If it turns into a match, that's fun. But even if it's just a brawl for the for brawl's sake, I think it'll still be cool. Oh, that's gonna be dope. Um, I'm really hyped for that. I'm really hyped for the um, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. I think is gonna be awesome. That should be a solid match. They're Uh, both great. Brock and and Roman. I'm on the fence. Like we've seen Brock and Roman five. Brock and Roman, the match we've never seen before at WrestleMania, except the other forty times they wrestled at WrestleMania. Right, right. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see how they're gonna try and make this one different, and I'm intrigued to see what they're gonna do once the titles are put together. You know, is the champ gonna be on both shows? Are they gonna make up another bullshit title to fill out whatever? belt isn't around i mean anymore. i can't like, help but feel like the brand split's gonna go the way the dodo because it's not like it's been rigorously enforced for the past like what two years well and they've they've let go of so many people that yeah, no fucking kidding that they could do both same roster on both shows and everybody would still get used you know what i mean right um, but the thing i'm looking the most forward to just out of curiosity is what's going on with seth rollins Ah, it's gonna be delicious lapping up the tears of pro wrestling fans everywhere when here comes the money plays over those fucking loudspeakers and Shane O'Mac comes out. You think so? Honestly, with how used to be disappointed i am in the wwe that would be just the diarrhea frosting on the shit cake oh my god because for those of you who follow wrestling already know this and those who don't or don't read the dirt sheets don't know the big rumor is cody rhodes is making his debut in wwe well re-debut and he's gonna face seth rollins at wrestlemania Fans have been chanting Cody in the last couple weeks. And that's the rumor. And the other rumor is that Shane was fired from the WWE after the Royal Rumble and sent home, blah, blah, blah. What an amazing bait and switch that would be to have Shane O'Mac come out and fight Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes to debut like the night after, the Monday after WrestleMania. Oh, not even Cody Rhodes will be on ROH. You think so? Probably not. He's probably going to the Fed, but man, that would be just delicious if he wound up going to like ROH or something. That'd be hilarious. I, I, that would get me to mark the fuck out. So many wrestling fans would be crying on the internet. Especially with how stacked that ROH Supercard of Honor is looking. Right? We'll get to that in a minute. So, why aren't you excited for WrestleMania? Two words. Wait, no, three. Logan fucking Paul. Yeah. Like, let me go a little deeper. That man is the reason I don't make a paycheck on YouTube anymore. Really? So you remember a few years ago when he recorded that silly little video in the Japanese suicide forest to the guy who hung himself? Yes. So YouTube's response to that was to mass demonetize a shit ton of people. Really? I got included in that. Logan Paul got a month-long slap on the fucking wrist before he was making hand over dick money. So why did everybody else get punished for what he did? It was the culmination of a lot of things, but Logan Paul was the straw that broke the camel's back. Ultimately, what it came down to was the fact that YouTube was passing out monetization willy-nilly. Like, you could open up an account and instantly monetize it. Now, 
I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but back in my day, you had to earn that shit. Yeah. That's literally why I hooked up with full screen for a couple of years, because that was the only way to get monetized is to sign with a YouTube network mm-hmm. where you had to have so many views, so many subscribers for them to even look at you. Yeah. In, in the day, didn't it used to be you had to have like X amount of viewers and X amount of subscribers before yeah, they could and, even consider monetizing you? Yeah. And from what I understand, that's not what it is again, but... Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, I had peaked, I had valleyed, and it was during the valley that Logan Paul decided, hey, you know, it's a real humdinger of an idea to do while wearing my stupid fucking Toy Story hat. We should go film some corpses. And film corpses he did. So... So for that reason alone... Wow. I will never watch anything... That Logan Paul has to do with Understandable I mean like, I'll watch the fuck out of Wrestlemania clips on YouTube But Is he also the reason that YouTube is weird about alcohol No that's just because YouTube's run by Puritans Gotcha <laughs> Because well, I'm like I'm a- Susan Wojcicki is just objectively the worst thing that ever happened to that site. Uh-huh. I can't say that she's directly the blame for a lot of it, but you're the CEO and the only public figure on the site. So guess what? You put all the blame on your shoulders there, Susie. Yeah. Um, and a huge chunk of that has just been YouTube desperately trying to be CBS. Oof. Or ABC. ABC is a more. No, because ABC had like 50 shows about being a horny cougar. So, yeah, CBS. That's <laughs> <clears throat> all I know ABC for. It's like you've got Disney programs and also hot, sexy singles in my area. <laughs> ABC is like the Tinder of network television. Oh, I know. God, I hate that. You're kind of right. You're welcome. Uh, I didn't thank you. I know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was wondering about the alcohol thing because I'm I'm a really big fan of you. I mean, you're an OG YouTuber, so you'll know what this is. I'm a big fan of Good Mythical Morning. Yep. My girlfriend got me into it, and we when we started dating, and, got a fun story for you about okay. those guys. But I, I'll let and, you go ahead. And I absolutely love that show. It's so fun. It's I mean, honestly, the vibe that they have together as friends reminds me of me and you when we're hanging out how how they just how they're quick to play off each other and you know get each other's ridiculous sense of humors and stuff but they always talk about how they can't imbibe alcohol on their show because youtube will take away their monetization if they do i thought that it would be a full takedown of monetization that video would definitely get dinged yeah but I, like, so are you kidding me? Rhett and Link are yeah. fucking YouTube royalty. They yeah. they could murder a baby on live stream, <laughs> and they would get the Logan Paul slap on the wrist. We did get their pay per view. They had a pay per view uh, last year during the lockdown. It was Good Mythical Evening, Ooh. and it was Rhett and Link allowed to swear and drink and talk about dirty stuff and oh my so god so clearly they didn't host it on youtube no they got it uh they hooked up with uh i forget the pay-per-view site but i guess a lot of youtubers use it for like big events and stuff but they ah, cam soda that might have been it actually um it's not that's one of those mini sites oh okay but they i don't i honestly don't remember what it was but it was hilarious anyway your story though about yeah so technically i've met them Really? So VidCon 2013. Mm-hmm. Where was that? Uh, Anaheim, California. Okay. Uh, I, who had never been in the presence of 10,000 people before, uh, was on the floor having a panic attack. Oh, God. And I look up and I see Rhett holding one end of a 30 foot ladder. To this day, I have no idea why he was carrying a 30-foot ladder, but I watched him walk past me, and I'm like, well, isn't this peculiar? I look at the other end, and I'm sure you can guess who's on it. Link walks past... Nah, I wish. (laughs) 
I'd love to tell him how many different ways he could suck my ass. I hate William Shatner. Ew. So Link was on the other end? He walks past me, makes direct eye contact with me, and goes, shh, and just keeps walking. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there like, this is the weirdest fucking panic attack I've ever had. So that was your meeting with? That's hilarious. Like, I, 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 I can't imagine how a typical meeting with Rhett and Link goes between, like, them and fans, but I feel like mine was just appropriate. Yeah, you, you, you got dropped in to the silliness of their world without them being prepared for such a thing. You know what I mean? It was just a chance, like, they walked past you during whatever the heck they were up to. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it It was in that moment that I realized, oh, these guys aren't playing characters. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, fun little sidebar um, from that same trip. Uh, so you're familiar with Epic Mealtime, right? Yes, yes. You remember Harley, the main dude? Uh-huh. So to give just a brief moment of preamble, uh, this was back in 2013 in the very dying days of CDs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also when I was like maybe a year and a half, two years into putting out records. Okay. So I have brought like 20, 25 mixtapes that I was just handing out to people. Yeah. Get your name out there. Exactly. Sure. So I see Harley, I bullshit with him for five minutes, I get a picture with him, and I go to pass him a mixtape, and he's like, bro, are you seriously trying to sell me your shitty fucking mixtape? No, I'm trying to give you my shitty fucking mixtape. Oh, give me your shitty fucking (laughs) mixtape. That's awesome. And, like, again, just one of those, like... (laughs) You couldn't script how perfect it is for the people involved. That's you know, she's like, oh, you two are not playing a character. You're kind of an asshole, but you're funny about it. OK, I can respect that. <laughs> That's awesome. He was wearing like some galaxy shirt with like a cat with sunglasses holding a slice of pizza. It was the greatest shirt I've ever seen. A cat with sunglasses floating in the galaxy holding a slice of pizza. Dude, like that, that has to be on my Facebook somewhere. When we're done recording here, I, yes. I might have to dig that one out for you. Send me that and I'll, I'll put it in the comments for the video so people can see what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, that- Dude's tall as fuck, by the way. Really? Like that man is a fucking giant. Rhett's pretty huge, too, isn't he, like, height-wise? Rhett is also big. However, Harley wasn't just big height-wise, but, like, I I would not have challenged him to a fist fight in this or any life. Like, ripped big? I wouldn't say, like, ripped, Mm -hmm. but, like, you could definitely tell that lifting all them meat patties done him some good. That guy had some decent, like... I don't want to say like a Dusty Rhodes build because Dusty Rhodes was like a big old husky guy. And more like a, like a Braun Strowman. That's a good comparison. Because Braun's not ripped, but he's a big old dude that I wouldn't mess with. Or like right. Paul White. You know, Paul White's not necessarily fat. He's just a big right. old dude. <laughs> yeah, it's just a big fucking bear of a man. Shout out to Captain Insano himself. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love the water boy. I don't care who knows. Um, Such a great movie. It's back when Adam Sandler was good. I know, right? I I enjoy him when, like, he's working with other people. Like, the Grown Ups movies, for example, I really enjoyed. I I really liked it because you could see the friendship that that is truly there. Okay, yeah. David Spade and Chris Rock and... uh, um, Kevin James and Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler's not doing his goofy voices he's just being himself and that's super fun Yeah, and yeah. I enjoyed the old stuff like Billy Madison and you know all that stuff but man when he started doing Netflix movies oh god I mean just the sec like once he had enough stroke to be able to open up his own production company that was the beginning of the end really mm-hmm. Yeah. so like they had to prove themselves for like three movies and after that Adam Sandler just had a blank check right right 
But what's the movie going to be about this month, Adam? I don't know. Cool, here's your mic. I don't know. Probably a grouchy old guy who makes a bunch of dick and fart jokes and acts like an asshole through the whole movie. Would you like to like that's, that's a, that, Okay, cool. <laughs> basically, like that is the big thing I noticed with Adam Sandler. And the big thing I've noticed with a lot of like comedy personas, if you let them go on too long, just it became mean. Yeah. Like Adam Sandler used to be like the lovable loser and now he's just got like fucking like asshole Homer syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sad when like a lot of comedians go that route. Like some haven't. Like Chris Rock is always wonderful. Um like I've always liked whatever he does because he always like he's he's always stayed pretty like pretty much the same. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy him. People like uh, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, those kind of guys. Um, but yeah, a lot of the older guys, man, they just get crotchety. You know? Yeah. I, that's a perfect word for it. I don't know. I'm also like hyper critical of comedy movies. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend like, is the same way. Like, there, there's Not really only. Oh, I am kind of in a bad way. I am just a miserable son of a bitch. Like the one type of humor that still just fucking tickles me sideways. And it sucks because they don't really make movies like this anymore without a bunch of dick and fart jokes. But like, I like dumb humor. Yeah. Like one of the funniest movies in the world to me is Hot Rod. Oh, my God. (laughs) That movie fucking cracks my shit up every time i haven't seen Step Brothers in like 10 years but i remember liking that in like yep. the same way i liked hot rod i love uh like i love you man i love Solid. that movie um i love honestly my my go-to comedies and they're older but i'm also old my goal i'm 41 so whatever but my 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 go-to comedies if I like need a feel-good movie, you know, if I'm like, man, I'm bummed out, but I don't want to watch anything new, blah blah blah. I usually will even throw in Grumpy Old Men. Solid. Because I love that kind of like snappy, like not slapstick comedy, but like situational. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I also another kind of comedy movie they don't really make anymore. Right. And my all-time favorite comedy for my entire life will never change is The Birdcage. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one, to be honest with you. What? Oh, my God. Look, Robin. Williams. one thing you were going to learn doing a podcast with me is that I exist in a very weird, very specific bubble. Well, I'm, I'm about to make your day. Robin Williams and Nathan Lane Bet. are owners of a gay drag club. I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Never mind. You're welcome. I know exactly what movie. It's been like 15 years since I've seen it, oh, so but I know. Okay. Dude, are you kidding me? I'm probably the gayest person you know. Of course I've known I that movie. I didn't want to say it, but that's why I was shocked you hadn't seen it. I was like, wait. No, wait. no. We, we can acknowledge my overwhelming and sometimes uncomfortable amount of gay. Yeah, you never made me uncomfortable, so, you know. Uh, that just means I'm not trying hard enough, Todd. You <laughs> fucked up by telling me. <laughs> well, great. Next time I see you, I'm going to fucking greet you with a hug and a blowjob you i don't know if my girlfriend's gonna be all about that but it's okay she can watch <laughs> tune in next week for no <laughs> <laughs> no they're gonna have to follow us on the chatterbait account for that what a what Ch- chatterbait come on todd oh come on you were single for a while here's where todd shows his shelteredness so is uh, just guessing by the name i'm guessing it's people on video that play with themselves uh, imagine twitch but for nudie stuff oh. it's honestly one of my favorite sites ever because like i have <laughs> friends i have friends and shit who use it and they like no. invite me to come in as like a moderator no. and i'll just treat it like the twitch chat no do you have friends that are like, come watch me do things? Well, I mean... Isn't that awkward? Yeah. No, I mean, fucking make your money, dude. I see how much money you're making. Mm, this just means enough. that next time you get McDonald's, I'm ordering a fry. <laughs> just 
I don't give a fuck. Make your money. I understand I why I'm like, here. Those I, chats get fucking disgusting. I, I don't even want to. Oh, my God. The Internet is such a dark and dirty place. I can't even imagine how dark and dirty and gross that crap could get, man. But I, it, take, <laughs> whew, it whew. takes a lot for me to, like, block someone on a site like that, just given its nature. Uh, but it happens at least once every time I'm asked to do something like that. At least once. Wow. You 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 might be literally the most open-minded person I've ever met in my life. And I mean, genuinely, there are very few things that I give enough of a fuck about for me to let it affect my opinion of you. Like outside of like the obvious stuff, like if you're out there touching kids, get the fuck away from me. Yes. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly to jail. And get murdered um, while you're there. You know. I think or it's better least, if they... Or at least sodomized a lot. better if they have to live knowing that they're a disgusting piece of shit who will never be able to live a regular life again. I think that's better than these people getting killed. It's just like, no, you don't get the easy way out. You get to be a social pariah for the rest of your day. I don't even hope anything bad happens to you in prison because your life is going to be hell when you get out. Yeah, and the crazy thing is a lot of times when people like that go to prison. See, this is how our show is. We just bounce around. A lot of times (laughs) when uh, when people like that go to prison, they have to be immediately put in protective custody because people that go to prison, they will kill them. Yeah. Because no matter the criminal – no matter how dastardly, no matter how what awful thing somebody has done to wind them in prison, they all draw the line at the same thing. They yeah. will never they will never harm a child. And if you physically harm a child, every criminal in the world wants to kill you. Yeah, just you're done, son. Mm-hmm. Man, this it's- got dark. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's a podcast with me on it. And we were going to go dark places eventually. <laughs> we were also going to talk about one of our penises eventually. <laughs> Welcome to the duality of man. It's a fascinating <laughs> thing. It's a traveling circus. You motherfucker. <laughs> and if you are enjoying this traveling circus, um, please make sure to tune in. Uh, we're going to be dropping an episode every Friday. And, uh, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, every Friday. Every Friday, got- except the Fridays we can't. Right, because sometimes people got shit to do. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have any be- idea how long it takes me to shape my pubes with how obese I am? That's like a week-long project. Wow. I got to get, like, fucking, like, city planners in on it. I got to get a construction company. So I got to get NASA involved. <laughs> so you're missing out. You need to start your own Chatterbait page. And get no, people to pay you to watch so you can pay for these people to come in and do this. See, here's the thing, eh? Todd. Eh? To have a chatterbait, someone needs to want to see you naked. You, you understand. And I don't even want to see me naked. I avoid mirrors when I shower for that exact reason. Same. Hard same. But hey, if there is anyone out there who's interested in a man whose nether region looks like a baby carrot sitting on two watermelons, hit me up. You heard it here first, folks. Whew. Hey, there's it people- took me this long to make a joke about how small my penis is. I demand someone be proud of me. I'm proud of you, sir. This is the longest I have gone on <laughs> one of my on any podcast I've ever been on. Without specifically bringing up how small my penis is. Man. And this includes the superhero playcast. <laughs> I think we knocked that out of the park in like 20 minutes flat. Well, if you, it, wow. <laughs> but if you've enjoyed listening to us, um, you know, you can also find us on other podcasts in other areas. Uh, where else can people uh, check out what you're doing? Where else can they listen to what you're doing? Oh, fuck me. Uh, well, if we're going podcasts, uh, the. First and most frequent place, I believe you can find me, would be Masks of Mayhem at MayhemCast on Twitter. You can also find me on the Turnbuckle Time Machine on the Pure Fury Creations Network. I believe that's what the rebrand is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both of which, uh, 
Spotify and all of the not Spotify places you can yep. find podcasts. I'm on too many of these sons of bitches. Yeah, you fuckers where, got Google. Where you found this episode, you will also find those things. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most importantly, check out my music, Pope Brandon Brownson on Spotify, where I rap about dicks and sometimes make music not about dicks, but mostly dicks these days. Although it's where the money is. It really is. What was the thing in Kevin Smith in uh, Chasing Amy where uh, where Ben Affleck said his mother, his grandma was like, Holden, money's in dick and fart jokes. Yeah, I don't do a whole lot of the fart jokes. I think those are lazy. But at this point, I'm like the Richard Pryor of dicks. Damn. Put that on a T-shirt. That's a T-shirt. We need to have a T-shirt store just for that. I'm telling you. (laughs) As for me, uh, you can also find me on uh, the Handyman podcast, which drops uh, periodically on Wednesdays. Not every Wednesday, because like we said before, sometimes we got things to do. Sometimes Uh, sometimes Todd needs to shave his pubes. It's true. Where uh, <laughs> uh, me and my uh, good friend Brett Fortney, uh, friends brought together and also share uh, disabilities, uh, talk about life and interview people that, uh, you know, live with the struggle on the daily. So you can find us there. You can find my music uh, on Bandcamp, toddgilbert.bandcamp.com. Uh, I would oh, say look at on. me. I'm, look at me. I'm Todd. I, I demand to be paid fairly for my work. I know, right? You're on Bandcamp, too. <laughs> I actually have not uploaded an album to Bandcamp since what? my 30th. What? Dude, it's an extra place I have to go upload. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and yeah, that's that's where you can listen to us and check us out. And you can also come back to the Traveling Circus uh, on Fridays when the episodes are dropped and check us out there and see what else we'll be up to uh, next week. We're going to be doing a game that we've both been uh, talking about here where we're going to cast a video game. You want to tell them about Uh, it, Pope? So to give you a tiny taste of what is coming, and there's a fucking gimmick I'm going to be working with, so don't think that you're getting the whole scoop here, fuckers. Right. Um, Where uh, I I don't know how many of you know about the video games, but for a little while there... There was a rumor floating around that NetherRealm Studios, the people who made like Mortal Kombat and shit, mm-hmm. um, might have procured the rights to some sort of Marvel thing. Yeah. So I thought, hey, isn't this a fun excuse to build a hypothetical roster for a Marvel fighting game? Again, there's a fucky twist. You don't want to miss it. Right. It's fucky. It's twisty. But that is where we're going to be going next week. We are going to be creating our version of NetherRealm's uh, Marvel superheroes fighting game. Oh, you bet your bippy. It's going to be sweet. We have to even talk about like what their fatalities would be and such. Oh, really, that's definitely really, something that'll come up. Really deep dive. That'd be fun. So oh, fun. yeah. We're about if there's one thing Pope knows how to do, it's go deep. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to close on that, folks. On that note, uh, <laughs> I love you, man. Um, I love you, boy. Oh, man. But yes, on that note, uh, please uh, make sure to check us out uh, next week when we cast our version of the Marvel Superheroes fighting game. Let's see if our roster would line up with yours. And uh, <laughs> we will see you all next week on Pope and Todd's Traveling Circus. Y'all smell good. The following was a Toddcast Podcast Network presentation. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on Facebook at Toddcast Podcast Network and on Twitter at TPN Podcasts.